1: The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of W.I.L.K. staff, management or sponsors.
2: It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now Laurie and Lynn on W.I.L.K.
3: Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good morning. I'm uh, doing just fine. Um, you know, we had a just a lot of work to do, back and forth between here, here being Philadelphia and uh, Clark Summit, but um, I think we're probably about seventy percent of the way finished with what has to be done to be able to say, okay, done deal. So um, yeah. it's been physically stressful and it's been um, emotionally okay. I went uh, went back yesterday to um, the department the, the condo. And it was really bizarre to go in there and see no furniture. Nothing in
4: there. Yeah,
3: it was and, and just piles of junk all over the place. Oh, my goodness. It was weird. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's, that's the process. So, okay, I got through that and uh, made the trip up and the trip back in one day. That was uh, a lot. I guess I'm not used to it, but anyhow, uh, it was really weird. Patrick and I, when we got in the car, which was packed to the brim and there was, there was no room to put anything. So uh, I had a loaded car. Could not see through my rear view mirror, have had to rely completely on my side view mirrors in order to navigate where I was going. But when you, we left the house, we went, we said we were going to do a farewell to Abington Meadows and went to the right out of the driveway and went all the way up and around all the, the houses and just said, Patrick's. Goodbye, so-and-so, goodbye, so-and-so. We did this whole thing all the way through. So we left (laughs) about, uh, it was funny. It was, oh, and then I went to the post office and discovered that indeed all the mail was being forwarded. So that was, thankfully, that was what they were supposed to do. So I just discovered yesterday, I should say the day before, where the post office is here, let's call it the mail room, for lack of a better word, and um ran into a grumpy old not old the guy was a grumpy guy who was probably in his 50s and he was a, a mail carrier shall we say and um i walked in just when he was opening up all the boxes and loading everything and he said to me if you can wait 15 minutes i'll have everything done I said, no, that's okay. I don't I don't really expect anything. I said, I'm just, I want to get to the box because there's some stuff in there I know is there, but I couldn't get in. Okay, if you want to, that's fine. So I went over and found the little bin where we are. And indeed, there were some things in there. And so I took him out. And he said, I said, oh, there's also some letters in here. I guess it must have been to the former tenant. And I put them back in there. He said, well, give them to me. I said, okay. (laughs) I handed him. It gets worse. I handed him the the envelopes that obviously were for the previous tenant. And so as I was starting to walk out, he said, there's a box there for you too. And it was on the floor. I had ordered from Amazon. um, What? what my sister wanted me to get, which was a fireplace insert, because otherwise I'd have to be hauling logs and everything. I don't want to do that. So I got the insert and it arrives. It wasn't that heavy, but it was just more than I wanted to carry. So I said, so, oh, I picked it up. I said, that's too heavy for me. It's immediate response was, well if you're not going to pick it up i guess nobody will it's going to stay there until somebody does i said isn't oh, he good. a
4: delight isn't he a delight
3: <laughs> i said well okay i said all righty and so i left and i stopped at the leasing office just before i i went back to our apartment and i said um you know i said i have a little problem here with the mailman. She said, Oh, he's so grumpy. We tried several times <laughs> to get rid of him, But oh. you know what, he just keeps he just keeps doing this thing and nothing we can do. I said, Alright, then there's nothing you can do. But I said, I've got a package in there. And she said, Oh, don't worry about it. She said, "We'll we'll pick it up and bring it over to your house. I said, Thank you. But that's so much Like the management and the staff here. They are so, so, so accommodating. I've never seen anything like it. Except for him. That's why?
4: Except for him.
3: Well, yeah, but he's not part of their staff. You know, whatever. What is he? He's just a mailman. He's hired by the Postal Service. Oh, my God. Yeah, you can't say anything about it, you know? So anyway. um, That was a that was an adventure. It was um, interesting to see how that all worked, But at the same time, what's good about it was that I realized um, just about anything I need to have done here. uh, I can find somebody who will do it, which is wonderful. It's really great. And they are know, I've lived in apartment buildings and complexes many times in the course of my life. And I have to say that, for the most part, it is not a pleasant experience when you need some help, or something needs to be fixed. But these people pride themselves on responding, first of all, to whatever it is that you know, you need to have done. And secondly, they send you surveys to find out how they did. Wow, it's a rare phenomenon. But great. Yeah, that's good. So um, I'm, I'm I gotta say I'm enjoying being here. It's really pretty nice. And my sister has been over the moon, wonderful. And uh, it's, it's great. I have to say, she's done a really, really good job. So good. Glad I'm here. Glad we got all that done. I I had to unload my car this morning with all my plants, which I brought back with me, and um, just some (laughs) things that were left in the house that, thankfully, were not sold last Saturday when they had one of their sales, and uh, I was able to bring it all back, and I emptied out the refrigerator and the freezer and all that stuff so i feel like i'm officially out that was important to get done and it's done well so ta-da we're done so what's going on in your world oh well um just you know it's,
4: it's it's just like everything else crazy i um um We had a a press conference yesterday yesterday morning for UNC in front of City City Hall, which was fabulous. So we had great turnout. Um, The UNC is 100 years old this year. And so it was was more of a dedication to their 100th year with proclamations from everybody. Um, And several uh, dignitaries were there and um, there's a banner across the city street in 300 of North Washington, and a couple billboards are up, and the press conference was great. So it was, it was really a nice morning, uh, a lot of good people, and uh, man, oh, man, 100 years of doing what they do. It's just, just incredible. My, and Mike Hanley, who is the past uh, CEO, president and CEO, Lisa Durkin, who I, I love, is the current and CEO and Mike who was there for many years he was there which was really nice he stopped over and um, you know he was a large part of being there Lisa has been there for a long time too in this capacity for the last couple of years so it was a great great thing great to see great um, morning and um, just it was good and then I went over to our fave scans which I haven't been in a while and that was packed packed. it was and yeah it was it was packed we had the back room because we had a meeting there were only three of us and every table was filled and then Christy came in and said I have to have somebody come in we need which was fine but you'll like them you know who they are and you'll like them so it was Tracy Bannon and her mother, and her father, and mother-in-law, and her son, who was just born into the—I'm going to—I I, I want to say attorney general's office, but that's probably wrong. But um, he—he's a real nice kid. So they—they they were with us in the—you know—in another table, and um, so we had a good time. And then uh, last night, I ran over to Posh because it was the. Roseanne Smith Alpern award uh, night along with the Margaretta Chamberlain award and yeah. um, which are both are run through the Scranton area foundation and it was at posh and it was so nice to go back into posh. Um, they just do such a nice job And even in you know, they did great for us last week with with Broadway theater. Um but just going back into posh was great, so Karen Clifford was the uh awardee for the Chamberlain Award, and natalie petnato o 'Hara was the uh, roseanne Smith Alpern award winner this year, so it was very nice to see them and to be there right. and It was a nice turnout and um it's just, it's just it 's all good, and of course, I have in the past won both of those awards so I think it's so important to go back and support all of the ladies who get those awards. And just to hear what people accomplish in their life is, through volunteering is amazing in their businesses. And it's just great. So it was a nice night of celebrating two lovely ladies. And then I went to Lums, as I told you. We went, yeah. Ryan and I, Mary Jean and Steve went down to our favorite lobster place, Lums in Dallas. Pennsylvania and it was delicious and we had a great night there and I saw my girl Molly Lucas who works for maternal and family health and last year I had done some work with them and got to know Molly and she works there at, uh, a couple nights a week and uh, she sits the doll so we had a great time and the food is great so if you're ever looking for a nice lobster tail and I'm telling you as we know Lynn, it goes from I think eight ounces to like I don't know 30 for a tail yeah. Yeah. Um, it, the food is delicious. It's just a low-key kind of place, but the food is the, the lobster's always done beautifully, and they have the warm water and the cold water. Last week, night I did go, I did do the cold water, um, mm-hmm. and you can really tell the difference. I mean, absolutely, you know, you, I you, totally you agree. Can't, but you can't if you don't know about the red, like or the the cold right. water. You would never really know, but once you eat the cold water, you kind of can tell the difference, though. Yeah. Anyway, that was my full day yesterday, and then we come back, we'll talk a little bit about um, what well, we did. We talked about Broadway theater last year, uh, last week because we taped on on Friday. So, um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just, just been a um, busy week for everybody, Lynn, you and me. So as yeah. long as we keep busy, it keeps us out of trouble. So we oh, yeah. are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show.
5: Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from W.I.L.K.'s Morning News, and I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden. And more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da, Laurie Cadden and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399, 357-8399, or email Laurie, laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at L a u r i e c a d d e n L-A-U-R-I-E-C-A-D-D-E-N.com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises because it is who you know. It's Saturday morning
2: with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn.
3: Hi, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am a certified financial planner and managing director of a company called Women of Substance LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women.
4: And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising, PR, and special event business.
3: So how about if we do some questions, Laura? Yeah. Are you up for that? Uh, Yes. Okay. Here's one. Do you celebrate the things you have? Uh, Meaning
4: do I blow my own horn?
3: No. Do you celebrate the things, the things you have? Do you
4: like have like in your possession like worldly, yeah like things. physical
3: things physical worldly things yes
4: yeah I do I kind of love to sit and look at my things in my house and how they're displayed and my jewels I sometimes just look at my loads of my sabika or my John wind or whatever and you know I, I look at things that I own I look at my car sometimes I when I drive into my house I look at how pretty my house is so in that regard, I and I say to myself, it's, this is so pretty, or look at how nice this looks. So in that regard, I think, yes, I would say that I do do stuff like that.
3: Do you? Yeah. No. no. And And I can say that because, you know, in the process of moving, you have an opportunity to look at your things and either appreciate them or not. And if you don't, Uh, maybe you throw them out. All right, but, but there's a lot of things that I think I have not celebrated in the past, that when I look at them now, I really amaze myself at what I have. I honestly do. I I look at people bringing things in from the, uh, the moving trucks and saying, Wow, I forgot I had that. Or Mm -hmm. this is something that's so special. And I'm so glad that in the process of cleaning out a house, I was able to find it again and really uh-huh. cherish it. And I don't, I don't do that enough. I don't celebrate the things that I have. And uh, I think that I'm learning more to do that, you know, as time goes on. But then I also tell myself, all right, Lynn, these are just things. And things come and go, as I realized when I threw out something like 20 bags of garbage. Uh, they're things. So I don't know that I want to get myself emotionally connected to things. And celebrating, to me, is a, is an emotional connection. And so uh, I don't know. I, I don't celebrate, probably should celebrate more. The same thing you just mentioned about looking at the car in the driveway and thinking about the first car I ever had compared to this car. Right. And I should celebrate. I mean, it was a little Simca. It's a French brand of cars, and it was just probably no bigger than um, some of the, the smaller ones that Ford and everybody else makes. You know, they're like what they would call economy cars. And the best part was it had no radio. So I was at the time forced to put in a transistor radio, which meant that as I was driving home from school from Philadelphia, not from Philadelphia, from Allentown to Scranton. At the time, um, I have to keep changing the channels to find something. This is AM Uh radio. Okay Uh (laughs) uh-huh oh my gosh so anyway um that i can when i look at the car that i now have and i think of that relative to my simca uh, i i truly have to appreciate what i have i mean and celebrate not just appreciate but celebrate the fact that i have created and this is another biggie that i've I've really uh, it really has become a part of my consciousness of late, and I mean the last couple of weeks, how to create something out of nothing. You know, I mean, nobody said I had to move. Nobody said I had to merge my practice with somebody else. Nobody said I had to do that. But in the process of doing it, I am creating something out of nothing. There is nothing physical that says that I have to move. So I've moved and I'm in a different world, in a different in a different reality. I am very close physically to my sister and her family. And and it's just a very different world than where I was in Clark Summit. So I have to acknowledge myself. I mean, in the sense of I created something out of nothing. And it still is something that's not anything that anybody can see. But you can see that I don't live in the same house anymore. But as far as the rest of it goes, no, you can't really see much difference. So I celebrate what I think is, is good, but I'm not really, really, really that close to much of anything. Um, A thing thing. But I do. I'm very happy that I celebrate the fact that all my plants are here.
4: There you go. Because I love
3: I love my plants. And I'm just happy that they all they all should Yes. And and I'm very happy that we found places for them and the ones that have to be hung from the ceiling um still need the little hooks and that will happen next week. So I am celebrating. I am celebrating, celebrating. Okay, um, and and that's good. Keep doing yeah, it. It is. It is. Uh, is it possible to lie without saying a word? <laughs> um,
4: I guess. Um, I guess. Like you mean just with like a look. Or, yeah, and, yeah. Or because you don't
3: say it, it's it's like yeah, it's it's not speaking it. Is it possible to tell a lie without saying it?
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I agree. I I think mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't really understand how transparent their face can be <laughs> about you know because. Uh, there, and there's one commercial that's been on television that I absolutely love. And it's the one about, I think it's called Fresh Pet. And it's the one about the woman who is living in this apartment with her boyfriend and his mother and father come to visit. And his mother goes into the refrigerator and sees the picture, or well, the picture, the bag of Fresh Pet sitting there. And she says, dog food with human food. And the the woman says, No, it's really fresh pet, it's real food. And she gives her another look and another look. And finally, the woman <laughs> who lives in the apartment gives back <coughs> excuse me, this face. That is absolutely precious. And you don't need to say a word, you just you get the whole thing. But she's extremely disappointed that uh, but happy that the 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 mother and father of her boyfriend decide to leave. And she turns to the dog and says, you're so lucky you're single. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought <gasps> I All love this, but her face. Her face was just precious. It said yeah. volumes, you know, and that's, that's what I think is the most important thing that people don't recognize that they don't have to say anything. And especially I know a lot of people who are lying, their nostrils flare. And they're trying to be straight about it. And they can't because their nostrils are, you know, I know them. I I know a lot of people who are like that. And uh, that's always the, the giveaway. Sorry, pal, I don't buy it because you're not telling the truth. Yeah.
4: So, anyway. so maybe there is some maybe there is some truth to Pinocchio.
3: Yes. I, I totally agree with you. I think that is that is a, a great representation of what it is we're talking about.
4: And well, as funny as it may
3: seem. Yeah, with but that I'm very, talking very, about very more of, nose.
4: I'm talking about the the fact that you said the nose, the nostrils flare and I yeah. maybe just Pinocchio lying with the nose, you know, so. But that's and my that is true. Me, well, my friend used to tell me my nostrils would flare when I was picked off. So that's, oh. you know, yeah.
3: Okay. But either way, I mean, the point is, the answer to the question is, yes, you can lie without saying a word. Yep. Or you yep. can try, you can try to lie. Okay, let's try another one. Would you rather be a worried genius or a joyful simpleton? Oh my God, a worried genius
4: by all means.
3: Yeah, I would be a joyful simpleton. Not me. Mm <laughs> nope. No, no. Why?
4: Because I just I I would just don't I just can't. Like that old ignorance is bliss. No, I'm mm-mm. yeah. No, nope, I like being more on high alert. I, I'm comfortable okay. in that. Uh, so I don't want to be anything else than that. I, I, and I don't want to be a simpleton at all. <laughs> okay. My, I don't, I, no, absolutely not. No.
3: Okay. Mm-mm. Well, I said I'd rather be the joyful simpleton simply <laughs> because I, mean, I think.
4: Why can't, we, the, why can't we be a joyful uh,
3: genius? Well, that wasn't the question.
4: <laughs> I know.
3: I know, but but I think the point well, that's is that's my that, answer. Yeah, well, people who, you know, are, are, are simpletons are often... I think of uh, Forrest Gump, a perfect example, of a guy who didn't, didn't worry about anything. He just went through life and did what he wanted to do, and he always seemed to have a great amount of joy in his life, despite the difficulties that he went through. So if I had a choice, I'd rather be a Forrest Gump. Okay, well, there you go. And Elon Musk. Musk. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> uh, we don't even want to. Okay. Yeah, I mean, whatever. So okay, I think we should wrap it up here. And um, we'll come back. You are listening to the Laurie and Lynn show
2: stay tuned. Hi, my name is Lynn S. Evans, CFP, co-host of the Laurie and Lynn Show. I am the managing director of a new business, Women of Substance, LLC, a financial planning firm dedicated to the specific financial needs of baby boomer women. I help them navigate through widowhood, retirement, divorce, and job loss. Send me an email at lynn at lynnsevans.com and let me know how I can help you. I'm also the host of a podcast, Power of the Purse, available on more than 30 sites, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We record these lively conversations with women who've been there and have great advice to give others so they don't go down the same dark holes. And we feature some experts who share some great ideas to be prepared before you have to face these transitions. And we have a whole lot of fun. Please don't let the fear of not knowing about personal finances stop you anymore. I am here to take the confusion and mystery out of money. Go to my website, lynnsevans.com, and see how we can set up a time to talk or browse around the many blogs and other free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is.
4: Business Banking at Fidelity.
6: We have a great relationship with Fidelity. They're like family with us. They're right next door to my business. If there's ever a problem just one phone call. I don't even have to go to them, they come to me, it's great. I love being in the business, this was meant for me. We're very busy, I'm running every day and I love to stay busy. So that's why I need a bank that's gonna be there for me when I need them. Back in 2006, we were having a problem with our lease in our other building. We were looking for a place to go. We stumbled upon this, this location. It's right in the heart of downtown, right in the, the middle of the city and it happened to be right next to the Fidelity Bank. They went out of their way for us to get this building. It was wonderful, and it's been a great relationship ever since. I have a business line of credit with Fidelity that gives me buying power. My credit card machine runs through Fidelity, my checking account, uh, my payroll taxes. They take care of it all for me. I bank with Fidelity. Don't you? Member
2: FDIC. Here's Lori and Lynn.
3: Hi, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I'm a certified financial planner and managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women.
4: And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business.
3: And I went to our usual fun-filled place Uh, called the Ethel from AARP, and found a fabulous uh, article that's called how to help older loved ones write their life story. Let me preface this by saying two things. Number one for Patrick's 70th birthday. uh, uh, Some friends and I uh, get helped get together some photos from when he was young um, photos when uh, when we got married photos of his son, photos of, of his time in the military, all kinds of stuff, and put it together in a little spiral bound book. And I think we call it Patrickisms or something like that. Because as we know, Patrick is a man of I'm not going to say very few words, it's just the opposite. Uh, but they're classics. And so in doing that, it was a retrospective of his um, Patrickisms, and along with a lot of other juicy little stories. So we, we got involved with that. But as well, there, there is a book that you can buy. And I believe it is from AARP. And it allows you to sit with a person who is in their 70s or 80s or whatever, or anyone really who wants to take a retrospective on their own life, and has some fabulous questions that you can ask that person and record their answers. And I mean, literally record them, or write them down. And in my case, I recorded them, because I wanted to hear it in his own voice. I haven't took taken all of those and put them into the format but it's all it's all audio at this point and i stopped at a certain point because i he you know sometimes it's very hard for him to maintain uh, focus on what he's doing so when he started to go south i would stop but there's still plenty more to go back and do and it's the questions are just so, so, so great. So given that this woman named Marsha Stewart wrote this article about an attempt she made to try to gather information about her own mother. And she said, when my 87 year old mother moved into a nursing home a few years ago, after my father died, it was a rough transition, like many elders, she missed her independence and close friends. I visited when I could, a cross country, multi-legged flight, and in between trips, looked for other ways to brighten mom's mood. I called and wrote regularly, sending photos of my family, plus little treats, such as fun socks and dark chocolate. Mom had been a loyal letter writer starting when I left for college in the early 70s. So I started sending her copies of these old letters along with notes on what was going on in my life, often an odd juxtaposition of topics, contrasting things like my mother shopping for hot pants in 1972, not for her, but for my younger sister's birthday, along with my newfound insights from a consciousness raising group but for mom's 90th birthday i wanted to do something bigger and more meaningful i hit upon the idea of helping her put together a book containing her life story and memories after looking at various resources on the subject i came up with a plan i developed a list of questions to interview mom about focusing on the first 20 years of her life's From Birth to Marriage, that's 1927-1947. I gathered photos of her life over the next 70-plus years, grouped by categories such as grandkids and a hodgepodge called Many Faces of Mom. A friend with strong design skills put the book together and got it printed. We titled it, This Is Your Life." When mom saw the finished book, she was not only delighted, but exclaimed, I can't believe this is my life. It's so interesting. How did you do this? I reminded mom that it was her story and memories. I just helped assemble it with help from my older sister, Linda, and a tech savvy friend. Sadly, mom died two years after her big party, but this is your life got her interested in doing more writing, and we started a new project, a humor book for seniors. Best of all, the book of memories and stories now serves as a lasting testament to my mother and her wonderful life. And then she goes on to say, if you're planning on doing it, there are several ways that you can, things you can do and and ways to organize all of it. But the point is that when somebody has a life that spans that many years they have so many memories most of which just get buried in time because a lot of the people that shared the memories with them are no longer here so um I, I just think it's a great idea for people to do that i don't know if you did anything like that for your mom before she passed
4: no and i would love to though as a matter of fact yeah i how what is the how do you, what is the thing? How do you get it?
3: Well, she said that there's a bunch of places that um, books, apps, and services to help with the project. I would start by going to AARP and seeing if they have something like that, and if not Amazon, and I, I really, in the move, I, I don't know if I still have um, the, the one that I had with Patrick. I'm sure it's somewhere because I know I didn't throw it out, but um, it it came from an organization and they also helped, helped you to with some guidance as to how do you, um, how do you accumulate the stuff? How do you go about getting the information? And just in general, it's a, uh, it's very helpful to just start with something. So I am certain that if you went on Amazon, you would find plenty of opportunities. And just put in that title, this is my life, this is your life, and see what happens. Okay. But, okay. Uh, but also, I, I think it's very, very, very helpful if you have others help you with it. People who were friends of your mom or uh, relatives, who may still be with us? You have your uncle Jerry. You know no, he can remember.
4: No, no. and oh. he's not, he's no
3: longer with us. Well, who's the guy that you were talking about? see my uncle Gene. Of, Gene, my I'm uncle sorry, Gene. That's the guy Yeah, but was he yeah. your mom's brother or your father? Nope, my father's. Oh. Well, he might even remember nope. some of them in the early years of their marriage. You know, yeah, but and I think it's good stuff. to even
4: do I think it's even good to do for your yourself to do it and keep it I and agree. then update it every so often. It's
3: kinda nice. I, I did that actually. I have a book that did come with me. It was part of a, a project that I was working on for a course that I took. And um, it went up to my age fifty. And for every year you had to put in a picture a photo of something that reflected you at that age, and then I think it was three or four events that occurred in that year that meant something to you. But then, it's, I was fifty at the time I took it, so guess what? I stopped. I I, I just really wish I didn't, but um, it just there's so much going on in my life right now. I don't I don't know that I could actually take the time to do it, but I would love to. So anyway, yeah. there I we think are. Great.
4: I think it that's is really cool. I think we all yeah. should, you know, for, for, for a whole host of reasons, we should do those for, especially if we have children, because yes. they need to know these things and they may not, you know, so it's good to do that.
3: I, I love thinking, it the other day when I was with my nieces, my, yeah, my niece's children, the two girls, um, Shirley Rose, who was named after my mom, and Lois Evelyn, um, who was five or six months old. Uh, And I looked at them and I thought, how weird is this, That, that they will never know the people that I knew in my life. They will never know my mother my father they will never know their their aunts and uncles on that either side of the family they will never know grandparents even i had a great grandparent but they will never know them and that's just a, a weird feeling of i don't know dissociation or something like i i i want them to know them but they there's just no way they can Um, I pictures of my grandmother and grandfather and great grandmother and all that business. But it doesn't capture the essence of who they were.
4: No, but that's why they say when you keep talking about someone and mentioning their name and talking about them, they never truly die. So the best way to do that is for these kids to know about their grandparents or their aunts and uncles is by constant conversation with them about Oh well, Aunt Betsy used to say this, or Aunt Joe, or Uncle Joe was really fond of doing this. He wasn't just moving kind of slow at the junction, you know. Like you could bring those things up that are simple, but they're 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 meaningful, and they remember. Like we, I do that all the time. I mean, I talk about my father and my grandmother. And my mother to anybody and to all of my nieces and nephews. I don't have any great nieces and nephews at this point. But I talk about that. I also, to the best of my ability, tell my nieces on um, Tom Foley's side of the family because they never had the privilege of meeting their grandma, Foley. Mm-hmm. And so, right. is, you know, the, the the four years that I really knew her, I, I try to talk to them about and I tell them little stories and stories. Uh, one year she had sent me for my uh, shower a card, and and it, and it she wrote on it, um, um, I think it's all with love, Helen. Mm-hmm. And I, in her handwriting, so I had little slate hearts made for my three nieces on my sister in law, Mara's three daughters, and I had her. Uh, I, a friend of mine did it. Um, actually, Mary Kate uh, Baldy DePrimo did it, and she transposed the signature, the handwriting, onto this slate heart. And then I gave each of them that for Christmas, and I did the same thing. So I have one, and I did something with my mother's. Um, I did something with my mother's signa- uh, signature on a heart that I have too, so that I could preserve that. I think any time you can talk and talk and talk about who these people were, it keeps them alive and it gets them to a point, I know what you're saying, they don't know them, know them, but they can feel like they know them if you bring the, the, the essence of who they were to conversations about them to these kids. And I think that's crucial. And what you should probably do, because you're thinking about it, let us make a conscious decision, especially that you're that close to them now, of always telling them little tidbits and then let it become a broken record when you see them. Well, as, as your grandma Shirley used to say, you know, you're named after grandma yeah. Shirley, and she used to say this, and do you know your grandma Shirley had the best legs because Laurie (laughs) Padman said she does. Like, those kind of things, that's what you do. The only way to keep it and to to do it is to to preserve history, is to constantly tell people what happened
3: and what they did. Yep, that's it.
4: That would be my tidbit of info. On that that note, we're going to take a. Well, we're, going to we're leave gonna say goodbye. We with you at this point, yeah, we're gonna say goodbye. So everyone, please have a nice weekend. Um, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. In the meantime, be safe and please be nice. Bye, bye.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?